All right, here we go. Episode number 11. Of That's Borderline. crazy. That's I know. crazy. I know. Let's go. <laughs> uh, with Bernie Neighbors, I'm Jeff McCarriger. Thanks so much for joining us again this week. We have got, uh, we, we actually have a lot to talk about. Um, you know, it's, it's funny because as we kind of started the show, I was just thinking about this actually. As we started the show, I, I wasn't sure how much cornhole we were actually going to be able to talk as far as like, you know, daily yeah. or weekly or monthly events. But gosh darn it, there are so many things that are happening. And uh, and this week is a perfect example of that. We're going to talk with Cheyenne Renner, who just made history in the world of, of cornhole. For those of you who don't know, you know, we make a lot of, of, or at least I do, and I'm sure you guys probably do in your broadcast as well. I make a lot of comparisons. I feel like I do anyway to to cornhole and golf. Um, but but one of the things that separates cornhole and golf is that there's a women's tour, right? You've got your LPGA. Right. So they don't they obviously don't play together. In cornhole, everyone plays together. So if a female player is good enough to play with the guys and compete, then uh, then she can. Right. And last year we were I mean we were this close. Yeah. Um you know with with uh, Cheyenne Renner making a great run in the World Championships, couldn't couldn't quite do it. Um but we did have some history last year as Cameron Belvin became the first uh, female to make it uh, and and win a pro shootout, but it was in doubles with Noah Wooden. Mm-hmm. And so Cheyenne Renner made history this weekend um, on a uh, on an event in Asheville, and she won she won the highest level of pro singles, yep. and she had to take down Matt Guy to do it. So I mean, first time ever that a female player has done it in history. So I mean, it it just it seems like every week that you know I'm, I'm like, what are we going to talk about this week? And then something big happens in the sport that we just have yeah. to talk about. I was you know, I was talking with Trey last night. We were doing our kind of predictions for upcoming Open in Winter Haven. And I remember talking to Trey a couple years ago, literally, and Cheyenne was kind of on the come up, if you will. Yeah. You know, she was kind of climbing the ranks and kind of, you know, sep- starting to separate herself on, you know, with the women's game and kind of kind of taking that top place there. And then I was I wondered, I was like, you know, why? Why not? Right. Her, her game is so effortless. Like, that's the one thing I noticed when I watch her play. It just seems like no wasted energy. It just seems yes, like such an effortless bag. It's like, you know, and with that kind of motion, you know, you can play all day. And yeah. then, you know, you look at what she did last weekend. You know, she kind of went into the elimination bracket kind of early. So she was kind of, you know, had her back against the wall for a while. And so, you know, the championship match against Matt Guy, she goes down 14-4. And I was like, oh, you know, close again, but no cigar. And then, you know, Matt gets loose with a couple of airmails right back in it. And she was able to kind of take advantage of it. So yeah. I put, uh, I you know, I had, a, I put a put a tweet out just talking about how resilient she was. Oh, absolutely. You know that that just speaks a lot when someone can go in the elimination bracket, fight back, and play all the players you're going to have to play, get through there, and then get to the final four, and then go through the players that were there to win that, and then take down Matt Guy. You know, it's just a special weekend for Cheyenne, who's no longer Cheyenne Renner. She's Cheyenne Winner. That's my dad joke of the day. It's, okay. That's yeah, my dad for joke. For sure, tip your waiters and waitresses. You'll be here all week, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And it was, and it was a, uh, I mean, it was a stacked field. I, I got a chance yeah. this weekend, not a whole lot going on. I mean, there's some great football, but uh, I got a chance to watch a lot of the coverage. And what a stacked field with Trey Birchfield, Jamie Graham, Brett Guy, Eric Davis, yeah. uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Humans, I thought played his ass off. He did. Uh, Brevin Valdivia. Uh, yeah. Eric Anderson put up some big numbers. He didn't get as far as he wanted to, but Eric Anderson, Jordan Powers right there. Man, I, I, actually, I shouldn't start naming names because I'm going to leave somebody out. 
But I mean, this, this was a <laughs> stacked field, uh, needless to say. So, I mean, for her to do this at this event was was pretty amazing. But, for, you know, I, I guess I guess, you know, that brings me to another point here, Bernie. Maybe we should kind of um, and this kind of gets to a conversation that you and I had on last week's show. And and, um, you know, maybe we should just have Trey as a guest one of these times. So we can maybe just kind of do a little pull back the curtain and just have kind of a discussion on the way that we want the, the broadcast and our information to go. Yeah. Because th- this, this is a good example because I feel like we need to maybe clarify for people. Because, again, you know, we're, we're obviously speaking to a lot of our ACL nation. There's a lot of pros who listen to us, a lot of bag manufacturers, you know, board makers. And I, I love that they listen to us and, and getting great feedback on the show. And I truly appreciate it. But we also are getting new and new people into the sport and so new people are going to start watching watching the broadcast. They're going to start watching the podcasts, all the yeah. podcasts, not just ours. And I think that something that's that's worth kind of uh, noting. And Trey and I kind of texted text about it a little bit today. But is that is that if you're new to the sport, what you need to keep in mind is that there, there's kind of it, it's like golf, to where we have our major events, right? We have our nationals. We have right. we have our we have our our four nationals, which is like our four majors. And then we have mm-hmm. the world championships, but then not to be forgotten is all these other, what I would call tour events. Right. Right. So, so like, like, like golf has its masters, you know, it's, it's four or it's, a, it's a four majors rather. Yeah. And, and so we've got our four nationals, but then just like they have the PGA tour, it's like, we've got the ACL tour. So that's right. what this was basically in Asheville. It's called an open, mm-hmm. but there's hundreds of players, top players. So, I mean, it, it basically is like a PGA tour stop, right. Yeah. In a sense. I made, I actually talked about this last night and we talked about how certain players like we're wanting to see like a Noah Almanza, for example, as a player that's, yeah. you know, won an open and now, you know, made the final four of this past weekend. All that's great with these opens, you know, once again, how are they going to step up to the national? Cause it's different. Nationals yeah. are different. The air in the building is different. We talked about it last night and it's, it goes to what you're saying. There's lots of guys that have won on different PGA tour stops, right? Lots of different guys have won a tour event. There aren't a ton of yes. guys that win majors. Right. You know, there's not a lot of, you know, it's just, it, it, it's, it takes you to a different level when you can win in the biggest events. And so I, I, I'm interested to see if some of these folks that are just having such a great open season can contain, you know, continue that success and go into the, into the nationals. Cause I mean, it's different. And, you know, right. and like, I mean, Cheyenne, when we have her on, I'm sure she'll, she'll talk about it. Like, you know, winning the open's great but I'm sure she would trade losing a couple of open finals for a national. Right. I mean, oh yeah. You know, and it's just, just I, like I'm in golf. You. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's going to be pretty cool. Like Trey and I were talking today it, it, and I know it's going to be a lot of work, but at some point Trey or somebody within the ACL and, and you, and you could be involved in it as well, but we were talking about it is that there's going to have to be a deep dive into the stats to try and like, we call we, we call Matt guy the greatest or, or the all time winningest player in ACL history. Right. But what does that mean? Well, he has four majors. He has four national singles victories. And so it, it'll be cool to go back and, and, and calculate the national winners versus the, the tour winners, the open winners, right. and, figure out, and figure out, you know, who's going to be our Jack Nich- Nicholas? You know, who's going who's gonna to be the person, guy or girl, with, right. with 18 majors? And then who's going to be the Sam Snead and the Tiger Woods to have 82 PGA Tour victories, you know, to right. have 82 wins on the circuit? So... Um, it, I mean, I know it's gonna be a lot of work and, and, uh, it's going to take several people to do it, but, but the sport is young. So, you know, really all this started, what, back in 2016, 
roughly is, is when you know, you know roughly uh, when this yeah, this roughly. format kind of started. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. but man, what I mean, it's it's just so much fun to talk about, and and, and again, every week it's crazy. You know, another thing, by the way, not not to uh, do a one eighty here, but uh, how about Trey Birchfield winning doubles with Jacob Gore, who, by the way, for those of you who don't know, I think Jacob is twelve. Yep, Trey's right? done it again. Trey's done it again. He's won with another preteen. Yeah, he, he won. He won last year with Alex. Uh, and my brain just left me as I was saying his name. Anyway, yes, another right. another youngster kind of, you know, coming onto the scene, you you have to kind of start to wonder now if you're Trey's partner, Alex Rawls, going forward, like, you know, obviously Trey can win big events with other players. Why is he not winning with you? You know, and you wonder if that starts to put pressure on someone like an Alex Rawls. But, yeah, Trey Birchfield's just showing, you know, pretty good doubles player, not just a great singles player. And, you know, and, and honestly, I mean, to that point, um, if you were to ask Trey – Right now, I bet you he would tell you Jacob was the one who carried him. Yeah, and yeah. Jacob I mean, played. I, I maybe maybe carried is too strong of a word, but Jacob really played well. And he played well in singles. I can't remember yeah. exactly where he finished, but he finished pretty high in his bracket in, in singles as well. So I mean, he he had a great weekend. And you know, Jacob's going to let you know about it. <laughs> yeah, the twin tears will let you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. All right. Before we get to uh, Cheyenne, um, one non. Cornhole. I just thought about this. I should. I, I don't mean to to uh, put you on the spot. I should have told you this before we went on. I just uh -oh. thought about it. Uh, no, no, this would be a fun one. So one non cornhole related question. Okay. And I thought about texting you the other night. I was just too tired. So I'm watching the Chargers and the Raiders. Right. Oh, what a game! I, yeah. Were you, did did you, did you watch it to, yeah, to the very end? Yeah. I mean, I it was on late. It was like what after midnight? I think oh, before yeah. it finally I, finished. I couldn't, I couldn't turn it off. Yeah. All right. So so I'm sitting there watching it. Right. And I swear, Bernie, and I just, I really wanted to get your thoughts on this. I swear that the Raiders were willing to just let the clock run out. They were. And then, and then all of a sudden Staley calls the timeout and I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like that. I, so, so then the Raiders all of a sudden like, wait a second, if they're going to call timeout, yeah, we're going to try and win it. this damn thing. Yeah. Did, did you feel that way? Absolutely. Cause they knew, I mean, a tie, the Raiders knew both teams were in, it didn't matter. Yeah. They didn't, you know, they were at that point with the game tied in overtime, they were in either way. And then, you know, he's, he also had that call earlier in the game going forward on fourth and one from his own 18. Yeah. You got to wonder, right? I mean, oh, that, I that was, those were some crazy decisions. And then that guy's going to have to, yeah. I mean, can you imagine, you know, A, to deal with the press and all the people that are going to badger you for an entire year because of those yeah. calls. But imagine going into the owner's office. I, I, I know. And I literally think the Raiders were setting up just to do just a simple dive play. I think they were. Just to run the clock out. And 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 the game would end in a tie, and both teams would go to the playoffs. I, I really I really feel that way I, until I, he called the I timeout. Completely, a hundred percent agree with you. And you wonder, like, and so I started. I went on social media and on Twitter and some stuff after the, you know, kind of. I was kind of watching that while I was watching the game, you know, just yeah. kind of get people, you know, because everyone was talking about it, right? And then all the conspiracy theorists were jumping in, yeah, right, you know, right, NFL's yeah. rigged, blah 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 blah. They don't want, you know. And of course, the Steelers fans were freaking out because the only way they were out of the playoffs is if it was a tie. Yeah, because now that and I, got, and I that still got and it, in. yeah, and, and you know, and I love I, I love the city of Pittsburgh. I mean, I really do. I mean, great sports town, but come on, I mean, the fact that the Steelers are in and the Chargers are out. Yeah, I gotta mean, finish I mean, the season. Really, you know, I, I feel yeah. bad. You know, Michael Caine, aka Ghostfinger, huge Chargers fan, always been a Chargers fan. 
Yeah. Guy, guy can get no love from the Chargers. They just and that was suspect, wasn't it? I know. And, I, and it's 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 all making me depressed, Jeff, because I'm also a college football nerd. Love college football. And we had to say goodbye last night. Now we don't get to deal with it again until basically September. That's a long time. It's a long I know way it is, away. Yeah. I'm, 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 my soul's a little crushed today. As great as that game was for Georgia fans, you know, my mom used to be a season ticket holder for Georgia, so she went berserk last night. But just, you know, <laughs> it's just such a long time now to just be with some of the some of the videos I saw, um, home videos I saw of Georgia yeah. fans at home celebrating. Oh my God, Bernie! I mean, come Four, on now. Forty-one years, pretty, pretty ridiculous. Forty-one years is a pretty long insane. time. I, I am happy. I mean, I, I love, I, I love the. Uh, I mean, I, I just love the University of Alabama. I've, I've broadcast games there before, not football, but I've done, I've done basketball games. Love, love that that campus and everything. Yeah, but I, I am happy that Georgia won it. I, I think it's good. I mean, you know, Clemson, Clemson got a chance to win it, obviously, and did. Alabama's won it several times. It was good for Georgia to get in there. And, and win one, and, and they were the better team last night, hands down. I thought. Yeah. So. I, well, I don't know. Well, the injury, the, well, the injury was a huge turning point last night. I when, think, Williams, uh, when Williams left, it was it was a different ball game. They, I mean, Alabama Alabama lost any ability to to go downfield. They they truly did. Two plays in that game. Remember, uh, Alabama started that one drive in the third quarter on their two yard line, and they yeah. were just muscling Georgia down the field. Yeah. And then Georgia kind of somehow is able to hold them to a field goal. They block that field goal. Next play after that, bust a 40-some-odd yard run. If Alabama goes down and scores a touchdown on that drive, that game's over. Yeah. Because, you, I mean, they were chewing clock. It was like an eight-minute drive. Like They were just chewing clock. Looked like they were about to just take complete control of the game. And then it just flipped on a dime. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, they really got number four going. What was his name? Uh, Robinson, the running back? Yeah. Yeah, they really got him going. He's but, and how about how about the, how about the uh, drop touchdown too by eighty one, the tight end for uh, for Alabama? I couldn't believe he dropped that touchdown. Yeah. And, then, and then the other thing, well, we could talk about this all day, but yeah. I, I have been this is a topic for a different show. I, I am an old school believer, and you might be also. Never go for two until you have to. When Alabama went for two, it just it's like Peyton Manning says, take the points, just take the points. It's too early in the game. I mean, I think it was early in the fourth quarter, but still too early in the game. Take the points. Take the momentum because when you miss, it just takes the it just yeah, sucks it the just, wind out of your yeah. sails. It's just Dude, such a. Bonus, I'm with you. Go for two killer. when you absolutely have to. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, because I'm with you. You score the touchdown. You, you like the whole energy of the room. You know, is, yeah. is all in your favor. It's and you don't kill. get the two. It just yeah, exactly. It kind of comes yeah. down a little bit, and you feel the other side feels better. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like they don't feel as bad about giving up the touchdown. It doesn't have this. I'm with you, man. Hundred percent. All of a sudden, you're the sober guy who walks into the party at midnight, right? Right. And everyone's been drinking for a couple hours. Right. Yeah. It's, <laughs> right. Like, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. It's just awkward. It's just weird, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. It just feel. It just feels. It just feels weird. And they and actually, Alabama did not score after that. So, but all right. I mean, so so Cheyenne, Cheyenne's in the waiting room, and I'm sure we have bored her to death with, <laughs> with college football and the NFL. So let's get back to some cornhole and welcome to the show, Cheyenne Renner. Uh-oh. Hey, Cheyenne. Look out hey. with the glasses on. <laughs> In the car. Got to our, <laughs> have to set up. <laughs> Man, you look so just awesome right now. I mean, you just look like a rock star. <laughs> Down in Florida, sunglasses on, driving your Beamer. Just just, just, just wave into the fans. Just like, hold, please. Just hold. Just hold, yeah. hold on a second. <laughs> hold the autographs, right? 
Hey, uh, so where, where are you at exactly? So we're at our league night in Port Orange that we run Mondays and Tuesdays. Okay. So that's, that's awesome. So you're going from, from making history in the sport of cornhole and playing at a national event in Asheville. And now you're going to go and play with, uh, with a bunch of your friends in the league. And I'm sure you're going to have a huge target on your back tonight. Everyone's going to want to beat you. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. It never stops. Never stops. So Cheyenne, take me through something real quick. What did you feel like when you went into the elimination bracket? Kind, I mean, I wouldn't say, I mean, it wasn't the first round, but it just seemed kind of early for you to go down the elimination bracket. Did you feel pressure or did you just kind of, you know, kind of wake yourself up and just like, all right, that's it. I'm done. I'm done messing around. I, I No more mistakes. Um, I mean, I definitely thought it was a little bit early, but I had extreme pressure. I mean, two or three games, I know with Derek Collin and Eric Davis, I was losing 20 to 11, 2014, and then came back and won the games. So it was like, wow. it was kind of felt like I shouldn't at that point have been in the finals. But once I got there, I was like, might as well take it all. <laughs> I mean, and to that point, and then you're down 14-4 to Matt Guy, right? Yeah. So like, did you, were you, were you surprised that he kind of let you back in, even though, I mean, in a game to 21, you're not out of it at 14 to four, but you know. Matt Guy's not every other player. Once he gets you down like that, he's kind of notorious for kind of stepping on your neck. But he kind of kind of let you back in with a couple of loose shots. That had to that had to feel good to be able to get right back in the match because it happened pretty fast. Yeah, it was like all of a sudden I I didn't know what to do. I'm walking back and forth trying to throw him all in. Obviously, he's throwing more in than I am, and I'm like, okay, what do I do now? I don't want to try to block because I'm not very good at it. It's not my kind of game because I don't want to throw him off to the left or the right and him get more two, 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 two. Right. So I'm okay. Uh, but something's got to change here. <laughs> Again, for those of you just, just tuning in, this is Cheyenne Renner, uh, first female to win at, at the highest pro level singles tier at a national open or shootout in the sport of cornhole. So, I mean, literally history was made at this national event in Asheville. And, and what Bernie's talking about is that Cheyenne, after, after making this run through all the qualifying and, through all the brackets in the final match of the day to win the championship. Who else does she see than Matt Guy, who's who's basically known as the winningest all-time player in ACL history? So and and you know, at one point, I mean, while we're breaking down this match, and like you said, you guys are just walking back and forth, and I was watching, yeah, he hit 40 straight. Yeah. 40 in a row, Cheyenne, and you still ended up winning. <laughs> I, I just I honestly still can't believe it. It was it's crazy in the moment. I still think it's crazy. So what was, I mean, do you, do you remember thinking back on it, what the turning point was? I mean, I remember like trying to throw a blocker or th- not get it all the way in the hole, like just kind of lay it there. And he kept hitting his air mills and I was like, well, I don't know if that's really going to work, but I might as well try something else than just sliding them. And then that's when it kind of, he missed a couple and that let me back in the game. Yeah. So, all right. So then you go on to win it. I think 23 to 16 was, was the final. I mean, how much do you, I always like to talk to you guys about what's going through your head, like on a mental side, right? While you're going through these matches, like how much are you thinking, you know, one that you're playing against Matt guy, right? And two that you're trying to make history. I mean, how much do you think about this when you're walking back and forth? Oh, it was constantly running through my mind. Like, not am I only doing it for myself, but I'm also feel like 
I'm doing it for all the women in the sport. So it's a lot of pressure. I was getting ready to ask that question. You know, I mean, obviously there's rivalries, you know, all throughout the sport, but it seems like whenever, you know, one of the ladies gets a chance and they, they make a deep run and whether it's a national or a shootout or an open, the other women, you know, all of a sudden become huge fans, <laughs> you know, and that I, yeah. I was going to add, like, you know, obviously that's got to be a little bit of pressure. I mean, it's, it's the type of pressure that the guys will never understand, right? They'll never have to feel that way. Right. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure. I mean, like I said, not only is it for you, but it's for all the women out there, not even just pro women, all the other women that are trying to get into the sport and are afraid to. What, uh, when do you feel like for you, the switch kind of went on in your career? Cause I was, I, I don't know if you watched Trey and I's show last night, but you know, I was talking to him about a couple of years ago. I was like, you know, Cheyenne Renner, when I watched her, when I watched you play, I was like, why can't she be one of the best players in the world? You know, the, the release is so effortless. The game seems very easy to you. And I was just like, why, you know, why not her? And it's like, do you feel like it's somewhere in the last year, year and a half that is, you know, you kind of were able to kind of get over the hump a little bit with, within your within your own head to be like, hey, I am this good. I am one of the best players in the world. Yeah, I mean, it took me until I actually did it. But I think really what propelled me over that is maturing a little bit more. Used to, I would get so frustrated. And then I think I made a comment on a post. I would get frustrated if I threw one back bag. Then it turned into a bad round. And then it turned into a bad game. Mm -hmm. So once I realized let it go then everything i think turned around for me yeah that's that's a great that's a great uh, point because i've talked to so many athletes obviously over the years whether it's football basketball tennis soccer uh volleyball and now cornhole uh baseball and and you guys shane have and, and maybe that's the level you've gotten to now this weekend have really an incredible ability to, like I've talked to basketball players, right, at a, at a pretty high level, trying to make free throws in the last second to win a game. And when I asked them, you know, what, what, what were you thinking about the crowd noise? Like, how distracting is that? Many of them will say, I didn't even hear it. You know, I didn't even hear it. Some of them do, obviously, but, but many of them say, I didn't even hear it. So, I mean, do you feel like you've gotten to that point? Like, like is, was this a big hurdle for you to get over to where you could kind of minimize that self-talk and, and get over that hump? Yeah, I really struggled this weekend uh, at certain points, like getting to the point of losing 20 to 11 in multiple games. <laughs> you, you have to realize at a point, it's not over at 20. It's right, over yeah. at one and just keep fighting with it. So what did, right. you, what did you, what did you, what did what, what do you do physically? Like when, when you're walking up and down, right. And, and all this is going through your head, you're taking on Matt guy. Right. And, and you even just said, you know, this is a big moment for you because you're not only playing for yourself, you're playing for all the other female players out there who have watched you or who are watching you. Um, so what do you do to get over that? How did you get past it? I don't know. I just try not to think about it in a way. <laughs> Like, I think about it when I'm there, and then I'm like, okay, if I keep thinking about it, it's going to really uh, screw me up here. So I just try to clear my mind. I don't try to think at all when I'm playing. If I do, I, I, I just mess myself up so bad. Do you start thinking about your mechanics or your shot? I mean, just try to break it down, think of something different? Yeah, I mean, sometimes, like, if my bag is going to more of the left side of the board and not straight up the middle, then I start thinking about it. But they're still going in, but they're going to the left. 
I try. Who cares? It's still going in. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, all right. So our show is kind of famous now. Is it? Is it famous, Jeff? Let's just say I, it's famous. I, our I show is famous. Quite, I don't think we're quite there yet. <laughs> yeah, our our show <laughs> is notorious for doing some deep dive into people's personal lives, and you, young lady, have some pretty big news that's happened in the last couple of months. Do you feel that's helped your game at all? Newly engaged, looking forward to a wedding. Like, is that something that's kind of a like? Do you, like, is that allow you to think about something else? Like, oh man, we've got to start making wedding plans while you're right in the middle of a match. <laughs> um, no, I don't really think about it when I'm actually playing, but I mean, it's kind of like I'm still playing my game, but I'm also playing for Brandon as well and our future because it's not just about right now. Right. You're setting yourself up for three years, four years or now and the sport just keeps getting bigger and bigger. All right. So speaking of Brandon. You know, I, I, I follow both of y'all on, on different social platforms. And I've noticed that he only posts videos when he scores points on you. <laughs> have you. Have you noticed that? Like on Instagram? Like, oh, he never shows when you just like four bag him to death. Every video <laughs> that goes up, he's gotten some points on you. What's, what's that all about? Got to give him his moment, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so are you going to keep your last name or are you going to take his last name? Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Definitely gonna take his last name. You're not gonna. See oh my gosh! Wow, the Cheyenne Renner brand, though. What about Cheyenne Winner? <laughs> <laughs> what's what's like his what's his last? Bubenheim. Bubenheim. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're gonna. That, that's gonna. That's gonna take some getting used to. I'm just. I'm just saying. Cheyenne Bubenheim is gonna be tough to say on a broadcast. Jeff. When's the <laughs> wedding? How much time do I have? Um, we're planning for September or October of next year. All or, right. This year, 2022. Sorry. All right. Yeah. I've Forgot. got a little bit of time to, yeah. a little bit of time to adjust. <laughs> All right. So is your mom going to let me in on the fan club or not? I mean, that's, that, that's, she, she said I couldn't be president of the fan club. I mean, can <laughs> I get, can I get a staff position, like maybe treasurer or, you know, secretary or something? We can't just have two uh, presidents here. Yeah. Hey, I'm all about co-president. I'm all <laughs> about it. <laughs> Hey, Cheyenne, I, I, I've got a question for you as far as uh, this weekend goes, because um, I think this is always interesting, too, because sports, I mean, Bernie and I loved, obviously, because we kept you waiting for about 10 minutes while we were talking, <laughs> just wandering really aimlessly about football. Um, but, uh, you know, coming into this weekend, I mean, sports is so obviously unpredictable. It's what makes it great. Coming into this weekend... I mean, uh, how was your game? I mean, did you have did you have any idea whatsoever what you were on the cusp of? No, like I said, I feel like I kind of struggled through games, uh, so I don't feel like it was like an uh, easier road as like Virginia Beach. No, I didn't win Virginia Beach, but I kind of have an easier what? Sorry, excuse me, way through the bracket than I did here in Asheville. Speaking of Virginia Beach, are like are now that you're going to Winter Haven this weekend, and now James Baldwin had a big weekend last week. Do you feel there's pressure on the two of you now that you've you've joined as partners, and you're coming off a big weekend? He's coming off a big weekend. That uh, you know, is there any pressure on the two of you to just perform well going into Winter Haven and then into the first national? Or you're like, you know what, you know, we're 
We're big time professionals. We're as good as anybody in the game. There's no need to feel pressure. I mean, I kind of see it both ways. I feel like there's always pressure, not just because we had a great weekend, but just because you always want to win. Right. Yeah, that's true. Hey, uh, by the way, I, uh, are you still wearing dudes when you play? Absolutely. Okay. We gotta get so some, I, was just yes. thinking, I was just thinking about you because I finally ordered a new pair because mine expired. Because they're kind of like they're, I, I, what I've noticed about dudes, they're kind of like avocados, right? It's like it's like it, they're good, they're good, and then all of a sudden they're not. Like they, they seem to go bad. Like all of a sudden, yeah. so I just right. got a new pair. I just got a new pair of dudes this weekend. So all right, I'm going to ask both of y'all then: Are they really that comfortable? Oh my god, I love them. The best. I thought Crocs, you know, because they used to be the thing. No. Not even a chance when it comes to Hey Dudes. Wow. I guess I'm yeah. going to have to get some then. Yeah, you should. You really should. They're amazing. All <laughs> right. So, uh, all right. So, <laughs> the more serious question for you. Um, and you and I have talked about this a little bit. Um, how, how, did this, how did this journey start for you? Like, I mean, this whole journey of, of playing cornhole, because that's another thing I love to talk to you guys about. And that's another great thing is that every team, every player, Everyone has a journey. So where did this journey start for you um, from when you first started playing to now being the first female ever to win a singles title on a national level like this? Uh, I mean, I started playing six years ago. Just It was so random that I actually started playing. But my dad played, and that, that was something we did together. And that's something we enjoyed to do together. So that's why I kept playing and then all of a sudden it was like oh now I'm a pro and I just I don't know it's so random when I think about it yeah was it just one of those things like oh I'm playing with my dad we're having fun it's it's you know it's it's you know father daughter time together and then all of a sudden you realized wait a minute I'm probably the best player in this building maybe I should start thinking about going forward with this yeah, I mean, that's actually how it just started. We just like to play because that's one thing we did together. And then, like, in the area that I started playing in, you have Ashton Spees, Tanner Halbert, Kyle Malone. Yeah, yeah so loaded, loaded. They're so great. And you're like, wow, I'm tired of getting beat by these guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so I, it's, it's an interesting point. How do those guys treat you now? Since they were kind of there at the beginning when you, you, know, when you were first starting, how do they treat you now that you're becoming this superstar in the sport? I don't think they treat me any different. I mean, when I first started, they all kind of really gave me their thoughts and uh, advice on how to help me. So now it's not really helping me anymore. It's just, <laughs> it's just casual, you know. That's interesting. I mean, I was just wondering if like all of a sudden, you know, it kind of ranches up for uh, Tanner and Kyle and Ashton. They're like, man, we got... What happened? Yeah. I can't believe she's <laughs> I wouldn't say past because obviously Tanner is still a great player in the sport. Kyle, Kyle and Ashton, I think both can get there again if they just I think they both get kind of down on themselves sometimes. But anyway, I, I just I, I wondered if there was like just a little bit of rivalry there since they kind of brought you up in the sport to see you kind of almost basically kind of pass them by. That's interesting. I, I, I as a guy, as a guy, I wonder if that kind of gets in their head when they see you just dominate. I don't know. I mean, I've very often since I, since I moved, um, but mm -hmm. I don't think so. Maybe they do, but I don't. <laughs> 
So Cheyenne, along those along those lines, what what did you do to get here? Like what what has your practice routine been like? Like what made you such a good player? Uh, well, when I started, I was like a sophomore in high school, so it was during the summer. I just played outside all day, practice all day long. Um, we always went to tournaments most days of the week. Um, nowadays, I don't get to practice as much as I'd like to. Um, since we're running league nights, I do play there. But other than that, we've kind of slowed down a little bit because it's like we're home two or three days during the week, and then we're gone again. Mm-hmm. So when you practice, how how do you how do you practice? I mean, do you do situational stuff, or or do you, do you not practice much more? You just play. Um. Well, when I do practice, I just try to slide them all in. I'll probably airmail a few, but I don't I don't really play games when I practice. I just throw. All right, this is for you, Cheyenne, because you are a player that just likes to go hole for hole in matches, right? You want to just fill up four bagger after four bagger, Jeff continues to talk about that the average person at home, he thinks, would enjoy watching that, would enjoy watching your match with Matt Guy where Matt hits 40 in a row and you're able to stay in it, you know, and then you hit. I can't remember exactly what the number was. He seems to think that would be more enjoyable as a fan at home, the average, like, sports fan that doesn't know a whole bunch about cornhole compared to the dirtier, you know, the dirtier board where it's blocker, blocker, airmail, roll shot, all that kind of stuff. Where – Obviously, you like to just go hole for hole. Where do you stand on that? What do you prefer to watch when you when you watch people play? Um, I mean, I feel like I kind of like to watch a dirtier style just because I don't get into that. But I do see why people would like a hole for hole match. If you're not an actual player, you're probably like, wow, they're really good. <laughs> yeah. I'm on the board and making it a dirty board. They're probably like, oh, they're not that great. That's That's exactly Jeff's point. Yeah, and we we need to stop pulling the ACL players and ACL pros <laughs> because they're going to give us the same. Like we need we need to we need to interview my buddy Jade in Wichita, Kansas, who just watches on TV. Like we need to start talking to some of these people and pull these people. But but you know, actually, this weekend, Bernie, I actually thought again, I had a chance to watch a lot of the coverage. I thought yeah. this weekend was a great mix mm-hmm. of of really skilled. Um, technical shots versus some of the matchups that we saw where we had these long runs. I mean, obviously with Cheyenne and with Matt, we saw some just outstanding runs, which is so exciting to watch. I mean, you're just waiting to see who's going to break first, right? I mean, so much pressure and Cheyenne even talks about it. I mean, she's walking up down the boards wondering when this, when is this going to end? Like who's going to break serve first, right? (laughs) I mean, there's, there's a lot of tension, a lot of pressure and it makes for fantastic TV, but this, I thought this weekend we also, Saw some really good, and there's some guys obviously who are who play at a high level who can do this, like an Eric Davis, right? Um, who's just who's just, I mean, some of the shots that I saw, Eric, like there were a couple of of bags that were all the way down at the bottom of the board, and he's sliding that damn thing all the way up, and if not into the hole, then to you know, close enough where he can collect it. And you know, to, so to see a combination of what we saw with Cheyenne and then what we're seeing with Eric Davis, I, I don't mind a combination of both. Yeah, it's just not every match, right? You don't want to see just every. Right. It's, as a player, Cheyenne, when you play against an Eric Davis, and there's a few others, my mind's not working, that that can hit some, or a Noah Wooten or a Devin Harbaugh that can just hit these insane shots, right? These just crazy drags and like. Does that get in your head as a player or are you just like, wow, you know, great shot. 
this one's going in the hole. No big deal. Right. So when I was playing Eric Davis, it's it's so hard to play against him because it's you think he's going to miss. You think a bag's out of play. <laughs> no, it's not. So you're like, okay, cool. I'm going to score two. <laughs> no, no. It's, yeah. so, it's mentally frustrating because you think you're doing so good and then all of a sudden he just takes it from you. Yeah, it's just it's just dirty. It, it's like it's like a really good three point. It's like a it's like a really good three point uh, shooter in basketball. Their range is the building, right? I right. mean, that's what they say all the time, and that's how I feel with Eric Davis. Like his range is the board. Like wherever it is, he's got a chance to bring it back in. But again, Cheyenne, I, I I'm glad that, that you support me at least maybe a little bit on this because I agree with you. To, to a casual fan, and this is what Bernie and I really got into last week. To a ca- <laughs> to a casual fan, when you see block. Then someone blocks in behind, then another block, and then a roll bag, which misses, and then another one that goes off the board, then an airmail that misses. All of a sudden, the people at home are like, what the hell? I can do that. Right. You know? I, I get it. I mean, it, make, it makes sense. I mean, the casual fan has no idea really what's going on. And with the angles, because you know, it's, it's a straight down angle on the board, right? So yeah. you're not seeing exactly how they're attacking the That's board. That's a great point. You know, so, it, so all you see is a bag flying off. You don't really... Yeah. You don't really see kind of what they were trying to do as a cash. Yeah. I get you, Jeff. I mean, I, I'm with you. I mean, who wouldn't want to watch, you know, two players go 40 for 40, right? I mean, oh, that's, it's, that's insane. I, I love it. I mean, I love sitting there and, and Cheyenne, you probably hate it, but I love sitting there <laughs> and, and saying into the microphone, Cheyenne has hit 24 in a row. You know, this, this is, this, this is, this is for number 30. You know, I mean, I love, I love saying that. I really do. I mean, it's so much fun. I mean, it really is. It's just, it's exciting at home, and there's a ton of pressure. And and the, the way that you guys just continue to go bag for bag, I don't know. I just, I just love it. That, by the way, Cheyenne, how much can you hear Jeff and Trey when you're playing on the uh, broadcast court? Um, normally I don't wear headphones, but when I go on the broadcast court, I. Do. <laughs> <laughs> Because- I try I try to be polite about it. And Trey and I have joked about this before. Trey is like, holy shit, this is for 30 in a row. <laughs> yes. You know, I at least try to I at least try to at least muffle myself a little bit when I talk. Yeah. 100%. No, but it's always like you can kind of hear Trey, oh, I think this person's gonna do this kind of shot. This is what they should do. And you're like, wait, I wasn't thinking about that. Like, is that really what I- <laughs> Uh, that is, I mean, that that is great. I mean, we have we have had several players who, after a match, you know, have come up to us and, and not, not to me because I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. But they they will say to Trey, "Hey, I heard you say, you know, that maybe this was an opportunity instead of this, and I took your advice and it worked." So there are times where they're listening to Trey. They're like, "Oh yeah, actually, I didn't think about that. That might actually work." Right. So, hey, Cheyenne, getting getting back to kind of you and your career. I mean, we talked about we talked about. Uh, you know, the journeys that, that you all are on with this, with this sport and this amazing ride. Um, but with every journey also comes challenges. So what, what, ha, what have been some of your biggest challenges that you've had to overcome in the last six years um, or that you still face? Um, I feel like the only challenge has been my own head. Cause I feel like within the six years, my throw hasn't really changed the way I play hasn't really changed. It's just really understanding the game. Yeah. What What about the challenge of doing, you know, of, of doing interviews and being on a show like this? I mean, I, we, we've noticed, Jeff and I talk about this, that 
you know, some of the top players, there are some great interviews and then there's some folks that just can't stand it. You know, do you think you're getting better at it? I would like to think I'm getting better at it (laughs) before people had asked me to do interviews and I'm like, "Eh, I don't really want to do that. And it's not anything against the, the people. It's just, I felt really uncomfortable, but I feel like now as I'm getting a little bit older and, you know, I'm not as shy. I know that outside of Cornhole, I'm not as shy as I used to be. So it, I feel a little bit more comfortable whether my interview skills are getting any better. I don't really know, but I feel a little bit better. Cheyenne, I was going to say, I, I, I <laughs> yeah. will tell you firsthand because I've known you now for two years, believe it or not. And you and I have done, you know, small interviews here and there for the last almost two years. Um, I cannot believe how much you have matured in your interview, interview skills. Seriously. I mean, I, 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 it's, it's, it's really, it's really amazing how much growth that I've seen out of you. Really? It's true. Way to yeah. go, Cheyenne. Not only are you a great player, you're a great human. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that, that'll be a nice segue into, cause Trey and I actually are going to pop on tonight. I'm not sure if it's live or if we're just going to record it, but we're going to do a pro seminar tonight where we're going to talk about interviews. And, and Cheyenne, I mean, what you what you've gotten used to doing is just is just talking to me about the sport because that's all we want out, out of you guys. Like, you know, believe it or not, um, you know, sometimes I feel I don't want to say nervous, but but maybe I feel a little bit more awkward about what I'm asking you guys because I don't know the sport. I mean, I do I do now. I know more than I did a couple of years ago. But you guys will always know more than I will, and that's that's all I'm looking for is just tell me what you know. And, and that, and that's what I appreciate. Like, I love it when you tell me, you know, what, what your day was like, you know, leading up to, leading up to that, to that mad guy, because a lot of times that's all people will see is your match against mad guy. But so tell us what, you know, tell us about the game. Tell us what happened to you that day. And, and that's what we love to see is just pull back the curtain and tell us what happened. And that's what you've gotten so good at doing. And it's so crazy because you have a conversation pro to pro, and someone thinks about the game 100% different than you do. Mm-hmm. You could have five people lined up and they're all going to think about it different. I love to hear people talk about how they see cornhole. Yeah. All right. I like that. So who do you think is maybe the smartest player out there as far as how they approach the game? Do you, do you know of like one person that they could really think their way through a game better than others? Um, I don't really know of one specific person. I know I've had a few conversations with Jamie uh, about his way of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I enjoy conversations with him. I know he kind of talks to Brandon a lot about it. So what, what, I mean, can you think of anything specific that Jamie said that stuck out to you? Um, no, I just, because he has a different, I feel like he has a different style than I do. So it's kind of like if he, when I hear how someone else who has a different style is playing, I feel like it kind of helps me predict what they're going to do. So I don't know anything specific, but I feel like it kind of helps me understand their style of play. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. All right. Let's wrap things up. Only a couple minutes left. So looking forward to 2022 here. I mean, what, what an amazing start for you, obviously. I mean, what what do you foresee? I mean, last year was really the the year of the female player, right? I mean, we talked about it a lot. Trey and I did on the broadcast, and Bernie did. Uh, everyone who's doing the broadcast because the the female players really made a huge push. Um, where where do you see this continuing now for twenty twenty two? 
I just see the same thing happening, and I, I believe that we'll see more women getting up there and, and winning. I feel like even just at this Open, there was a lot more women near the top. Maybe yeah. Bella was still in. Like, yeah. It just keeps, you just see them more. That's true. Hey, are you looking forward to the team competition? Yeah, really. I, <laughs> I, I'm glad the draft is over, so I'm glad we actually have a team now. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see how that works out. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, the nationals are going to be great, right? I mean, the singles, the doubles, and then the team competitions on top of the. I mean, have you have you felt any? Like, has, did the excitement die down a little bit, or or is the excitement now building after the draft? I mean, are you already starting to see some rivalries? Like, what's what's the what's the chatter now, <laughs> uh, a month out from what's going to be our first team competition? I feel like it's kind of died down a little bit. Like, now at the Asheville Open, you know, we saw I saw a bunch of my teammates that I hadn't previously met before and got to see them play, so that was nice. I enjoyed watching them and and seeing what they're about. Yeah, it's it's I think once we get a week or two out, it'll it'll kind of start ramping back up because everyone everyone kind of took a deep breath after the draft. And now they're going to kind of build back in about a week out and get fired up. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. All right, Cheyenne. Well, it takes a lot of hard work uh, behind the scenes. I mean, you make it, as Bernie said in, in the intro, I'm sure you probably heard us talking about it. You make it look so easy. I mean, you really do. But I know it's a lot of hard work behind the behind the scenes. So keep it up. And, and uh, we sure love watching you play. Yep, thank you. Cheyenne winner. On, Cheyenne winner. Good job on the good job on the interview. You just killed about 30 minutes. You didn't even yeah, know it. Look at you. I'm trying. I'm trying. I want me to do interviews. I'm like trying not to get them all confused. Trying to keep them in my schedule. Yeah. It's getting hard. Oh, good timing. Good timing to lose the uh cell phone signal. Yeah. All right, Cheyenne. I'm not sure if you can uh hear us or not. I guess she's gone, but uh yeah, she did a great job. Uh, that was that was awesome. It was indeed good for her. You know, it's just going to keep. I think she's right. I mean, I think when you you know Megan Mop and uh, Connie Altai's just to add a couple of names to an already burgeoning, you know, uh, female pro set. I think you know. Right. I think there's going to be. I think in that. I mean, I think a national gets taken down this year. I mean, I'd, your best bet would be Cheyenne. But I think there will be a national one by a female player this year. Yeah, I'm glad she dropped Megan's name because, I mean, that was another one that uh, we didn't see much from her last year. She's, a well, um, technically an ACL rookie this year. Okay. This season. Well, that's but why. She's been, well, she's I, want, I want to say I saw her. I was going to say, because I saw her play mm -hmm. in Florida, I think, with Christine Papke maybe two years ago down in Florida. Yeah, with the women's division, we allowed, you know, quote-unquote non-pros to play. Gotcha. Just you know, to make sure the numbers were off, especially a couple of years ago. But now, you know, now you have to be an ACL pro. So, right. Uh, you going down to Winter Haven? I'm not. I am not. I will. I will be here. At, we're yeah. supposed to get snow. What? What? Where? Are you? Are you in Atlanta? Or are you in Rock it, Hill? I'm in Atlanta, but I'm supposed to go back to Charlotte, and both places are looking at snow this weekend. Oh my gosh! Crazy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we need to worry about that down here. You can always come over here. I might. <laughs> we can just do the show live from I Charleston. Do. We're going to have to. I miss Charleston. I love <laughs> it. I'll, I'll definitely come down and do it. Anytime. Anytime. Hey, uh, and I'm glad, I'm glad by the way, um, that you brought up the whole, 
you know, bag for bag in the hole versus versus the dirty board situation. Because again, I thought this weekend was really a great mix of both. And and again, this this will be a show for a different time because I do want to get into this. I think I think some of this falls on on me and on Trey. And we'll have David Harris, our producer, on. I think some of it falls on the TV side mm-hmm. of explaining this whole dirty board situation, right? I, so I, I think I think we need to have I need I think we need to have like we we used to do basically cornhole one on one, right? Right, right. You know, what is a slide shot? What is a blocker? Um, you know, what is a replacement bag? What is an airmail? That kind of stuff. People know that now. So now maybe we need to go into a feature where we do you know cornhole two hundred one. And, uh, it's and start talking about yeah, and, it's a style yeah, start, of play. Yeah. Yeah. And start talking about what we're seeing so that when somebody sees a roll bag, they can identify it, you know, whether, whether, whether it falls off the board or not, at least they say, Oh, okay. Yeah. That was a roll bag that he just tried. And, and we can talk about different level of blocks. Maybe it's a time to, to raise our broadcast to a little bit more technical level mm-hmm. to kind of, again, pull back the curtain and let the people who are watching at home realize the strategy that's involved. So, I mean, especially with roll bags, right? Because, you know, if you go to your yeah. bar and you watch someone play and they're just kind of chucking it around, they don't have a flat spin, you know, the bags do roll because you might, they might land on their side mm-hmm. or on the corner. And, and so people, you know, the average fan may not understand that, no, these players are actually making that bag do that. Intentionally. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. not just random luck that it's doing yeah. that. They're actually making that happen. I think, which yeah, is I mean, still I mean, insane to me, by the way. I know. Yeah. I think we need to start uh, doing a little bit more on TV. All right. We got to go. We got five seconds left. Uh, great show. Thanks again to Cheyenne for, um, for, for joining us today. What a great win for her history made this week in Nashville and uh, good to see you again, brother. We'll talk again next week. All right, All right bro. Bye everybody.